Welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women and Soul Care Series. I'm your host, Arlana Scola. My guest today is Sarah Marion, and she is a renegade woman. Sarah is the president and CEO of the Mantino Chamber of Commerce. She also serves as the marketing and community relations director for the village of Mantino. Her job title may sound fancy, but it's, it just means that she is a servant leader who loves her community, is a queen of connections and solution finder for problems. One of her happy places is having a great discussion over a cup of coffee with leaders and local business owners. However, the part of her job that is her favorite is mentoring young leaders. Sarah is a lifelong resident of a small town just south of Chicago. She received her Bachelor of Arts degree in corporate communications from Northern Illinois University. She was employed by Lazar Ferre, an investment banking firm in Chicago for two years, and from there obtained, obtained her Master of Art degree in teaching. She taught elementary school in the Mantino School District for six years. Sarah enjoys volunteering and serves as a board member for the Illinois Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, as well as the United Way of Kankakee and Iroquois counties. She also is a member of the Mantino Rotary Club and the Kiwanis Kankakee County. Sarah is amazing. Sarah is awesome. Sarah is a powerhouse. And I want to introduce you to Sarah Marion. Welcome. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. That, uh, that was a great intro. I really appreciate it, especially coming from you. You are an inspiration to me. So it means a lot to be here talking with you this morning over a cup of coffee. Yes, most <laughs> definitely. A big, big steaming cup of coffee. Yes. yes. I, I'm so happy to have you as a guest. And I've always been um, so impressed with you and who you are and the things that you do. And we'll get into that um, in a little bit. So thank you for being here, Sarah. I'm going to give now a definition of the renegade woman. A renegade woman is a woman who behaves in an unconditional manner. A woman who rises to the occasion of her calling, her vocation, her passion to overcoming, to serving, to bettering the world, and any other number of verbs that call to her soul. Many people ask, what is soul care? Soul care is an ancient practice and a modern day necessity, and the care of souls was and is central to our spiritual history. C.S. Lewis said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Caring for the soul matters, soul neglect happens, soul deprivation is real, and caring for the soul is of vital importance to leading a well-balanced and abundant life. We should remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. So Sarah, how did we meet? Well, you are, I guess I would say you are my nephew-in-law's mom. Yes. <laughs> I, I will claim that title. <laughs> yes, I love it. So so we we could be related, I suppose, but I think we met at their wedding initially yes. um, in California and um which was two years ago now, coming up yes. on three. Yes. Yeah, it's coming up on three. Yeah. And yeah. I know, you know, with social media being what it is and 
some of the many benefits that come from it is being able to learn about what people are up to and what they're doing and how the family is and see new pictures of kids and grandkids of families and, and friends. And so I have um, watched the amazing things that you're doing. And, and as I watched, I would just think, this is a renegade woman. Whoa, this is a powerhouse. Whoa, she's amazing. So um, it's been really fun to um, watch the amazing things that you're doing within your community and the help that you're giving and the volunteer things that you do. So love to talk about that a little bit more. But those are the reasons why I think that you're a renegade woman and was so happy that you accepted my invitation to be here today. Well, thank you so much. And I... I'll be 100% honest, and I'm going to try to be very transparent throughout this whole conversation. Um, when you first asked me, I thought, well, geez, I I am not a renegade woman. Like, I've heard some of the other very inspiring ladies you've interviewed, and it's mind-blowing how powerful these women are. Um, however, once you sent me the information for us to record and the, the definition of a renegade woman... I was like, wait a minute. Okay, I can resonate with this. Um, especially the part of like, you know, rises to the occasion of her yes. calling, you know, and overcoming and serving. So that to me was like, all right, I, I, I feel like I can resonate with this. And I, and I feel like I can rise to this occasion. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm the, uh, the, I don't want to say it's going to sound weird, but the queen of goosebumps. So like when I feel something that is extraordinary and amazing, I just get these chill bumps. And when you were talking about what you just said, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I totally hear her. I feel that. So um, I'm glad that it resonated with you because you certainly are um, a renegade woman. And um, it's just going to be fun to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think... Uh, and it happens to a lot of us, especially early in our career, you know, and we hear it a lot is that imposter syndrome. Yes. And, and that came through to me when you initially asked, like, I am not this person, but, um, you know, I had to step back and evaluate my thoughts and, and it, it's not the case. Like I I've worked hard for where I'm at and I continue to work hard. It's just, um, yeah, that imposter syndrome definitely crept up and I'm, I'm working, working on that. Well, I'm glad that you are. And I know that those um, shadow sides sometimes try to jump out and say, guess what? You're really not that, you know, you, you don't belong, you don't fit, you're not this, mm -hmm. you're not that. And so to be able to um, say to the imposter syndrome or who, whatever our shadow little voice is to like back off, you know, you don't yeah. belong here. Um, and I think that um, women fall prey to that a lot. And that's part of the, the reason that I felt called to do this renegade women in soul care, because um, we are overcomers, you know, and um, we do uh, blaze trails for other people. You know, part of what you said that you love doing is mentoring um, young leaders. And, you know, that's a renegade move. And I personally love doing that too. And I think that then we're able to um, reach a hand back or to the side to another person and say, Hey, I've learned this. I know this. And I'd like to share it with you, you know, come on, let's keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's definitely my favorite part is, you know, I have an intern now and, and I'm doing that with her and it's just a really cool feeling to be able to give back and say, Hey, 
you know, don't, don't make the same mistakes I did. Right. Um, and, but, but also giving them the tools they need to make some mistakes. Cause it's always, it's not always a bad thing, you know, to, uh, not make the best decisions and learn from it. So it's absolutely true. And I think so many things are learned from, um, making mistakes. Um, first, the mistake was made, but then how to recover, move forward and navigate life so that those mistakes don't happen again. So I think personally, I think that they're imperative for growth and, um, and self-discovery. Yes, absolutely. Well, indirectly, we covered my first question, which was, why do you consider yourself a renegade woman? Um, so next, uh, what do you consider to be your most significant accomplishment? Sarah? Well, I'd have to say, um, as of right now, in, in the season of my life, I would say the role of serving my community. So, I mean, I've pushed beyond things that I never thought I could do um, in this role from public speaking uh, to putting on over 40 events a year to speaking up in meetings, which that terrified me in the first couple years uh-huh. in this role, um, being intimidated by um, older men in power. Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, it's very important for young women to understand that they have a voice and they have a seat at the table. Um, and I, and I really, I still work on it to this day. Um, but it's something that I'm getting better at. Um, but, uh, I, and I never considered myself to be a leader. Um, but I, I mean, I do feel like I've come a long way in this role and, I really will be forever grateful to be able to serve in this position because it's pushed me to grow and learn. Yeah. Um, and ultimately I work to serve my community. That's what I do at the end of the day. That's my job, but it's really given me so much in return. So it's really a win-win. Yes. It sounds like it. And um, what kept coming up in my mind that you um, had in your bio is servant leadership and um, what a beautiful thing to be able to do is um, leadership as a servant, you know, and it's such a, it's such a powerful space to be in. So I want to um, acknowledge and congratulate you on that because not all leaders are servant leaders. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I've just been blessed to be able to work in this position where those opportunities are, are there in front of me. So, I mean, I guess my advice for somebody that, you know, may not work, live, breathe in their community with these opportunities present, um, you just kind of got to put yourself out there um, to be a part of your community for these opportunities to help you um, serve. So, well, yes, it's, it's kind of these opportunities fall in my lap, but I also raise my hand and say yes too. So yeah, and the other part of that is is that from my view is that you created the opportunities through your hard work and your diligence and all of those things for the opportunities to fall into your lap. You know, they didn't just fall into your lap while you were sitting at home um, watching TV or something like that. You you know, you did the work to have them fall into your lap. So I want to acknowledge that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's and. It's, um, it's, it's been a great experience, like serving for the United Way. Um, that's, that's something that's opened my eyes a ton. You know, I didn't realize how many agencies there were just in our 
community alone that that serve um, underprivileged and and those you know in in dire need for services. So it's it's really been an eye opener. And yeah. for for anyone that that's curious, I mean, look into your local United Way. Look into your um, local Rotary or Kiwanis clubs to to be able to serve and give back. Because I mean, it gives back to you a hundredfold. Wonderful. Thank you. And I think that um, giving always does give back to the giver a hundredfold. Yes. Yes. What is your favorite word and why? Oh, so I actually have this on a bracelet that I wear every day. I, I have a bracelet that has three words on it. One is serve, one is empower, and empower is spelled with the word H-E-R at the end, mm. or, <laughs> and then surrender. And so I'd have to say surrender would be my most favorite word because ultimately we are not the drivers in the seat of life. Um, and it's so yeah. much easier when we let go and let God. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's taken me a while to learn that. Yeah. Um, we can't control everything. Um, and when we try to control everything, life is not fun. It, 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 it becomes hard. Yes. So. Very, very true. Um, I love that word. Uh, what is your least favorite word and why? I had to give this one some thought and I, I would probably say this grinds on my nerves and maybe for some people as well, but the word unprecedented. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think it had a different meaning before COVID. Um, yes. And then mm -hmm. the media made it so tired. They used it all the time. And so now anytime I hear it, all I can think of is restriction and that feeling of being stuck. Yeah. Um, when, when we think back in COVID times, I, I use COVID as a chance to, for opportunity and creativity. Right. And I, I, I just think that word unprecedented should mean, okay, this is a pause. I know it means, um, the actual meaning of unprecedented is times that are not of norm, the norm. Right. I'm, I'm guessing that's not the, the Merriam Webster dictionary version of it, but, <laughs> um, but I, you know, using it as a time for creativity and opportunity yes. is, is important. And I hope we don't have to hear that word anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I've said over time, and this is not to negate or lessen, um, the very, very hard things that have happened and the loss of life and the tragedy and all of those things that the world experienced um, through these last couple of years. But part of what I have said for myself is what are the COVID plus signs, not the positive to having the COVID virus, but what are the positive outcomes of COVID? And you just spoke of one of them. And I know that so many people that I've come in contact with have said similar things to, I use this time to learn how to garden. I use this time to, you know, whatever it was, I learned more about my kids because I had to homeschool them, even though they were driving me crazy. So I think that the, um, the uh, mental way that we handle um, things that are brutal, difficult, unexpected, 
um, is, is super important. And when we're able to take the really, really difficult, hard, horrible things and turn them into a positive or turn them into an opportunity for learning or growth is just absolutely huge. And um, you did that. And that's just, that's incredible. Yeah. And that, I mean, and exactly to your point of, you know, the loss was incredible and, and we can never get those years back um, from that part of it. But, but, but seeing an opportunity as well is so important. So yes, that's kind of, that's where that stems from of that dislike for that word. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I absolutely understand that. Um, Sarah, what makes you weak? Well, back to being a hundred percent transparent, I have difficulty in that area and it's something I'm working on. Um, the, the last time I really wept was when we put our dog down a couple yes. last year. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds very, uh, not monumental. Um, but I'm working on becoming more tapping into more of my emotions because mm-hmm. I find it very difficult to do so. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why therapy is my friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 I'm going to my therapist this afternoon. So, um, but, but yeah, that, that area is just, I, I really need to tap into that side because I feel like it's so important for that release of, yes, tension and stress and all of that. So, um, yeah, if you have any insight into how to get there, I would be all ears. Yes. Well, um, first I want to acknowledge, um, the loss of your dog. And I know I felt your pain seeing it, you know, on social media and how difficult that is. And it is, it's brutal. And also I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I lead a um, pet bereavement group through a local humane society where, you know, we used to meet in person. Now we do phone calls, but myself and another um, therapist um, have uh, open time for phone calls on two Saturdays a month. And um, losing a pet is huge. And, a lot of people don't understand that and they say things that, um, you know, are not the most supportive and kind, you know, um, but I want to acknowledge for you personally, but for, you know, anybody that's listening, the loss of a pet is huge and it, the pet is family, a dog, cat, whatever it is that is your pet that you love. And um, that pet gives you um, love and support unconditionally. And um, there are no, you have to act like this, say this, do this, do that. They just love you. So um, I think that that that's huge, that you're sharing it, one, and that um, that it touched your heart in the way that it did. Um, and um, I think that that experience will allow you more opportunities to um, tap into the, the, uh, the depth of your emotions and the tenderness in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, partially how I was raised too. of, you know, we don't, I didn't see my parents cry, you know? Mm -hmm. So so I think um, the example that your parents leave kind of, and, and true, like my mom's last words to me were don't cry. 
So that always sticks with me and it's really hard. And I, and for every podcast I've listened to and every, all the books I've read, crying is so important and, and, and bless her. She didn't realize um, that, that that's not the way to handle it, that we need to let our emotions out. Yes. Um, So that's. And she didn't want you to suffer and hurt. I mean, she was offering the care that she knew how to give, which is, sweetie, don't cry, you know? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally understand that. And um, you asked me about um, other thoughts or ideas on that. And we can talk on that on, uh, offline um, yes, thank sometime you. <laughs> if you'd like to. It, it would yeah. Be, yeah, it'd be my pleasure. Oh, thanks. Yeah. What is the hardest thing that you have ever done? Oh, geez. Um, I think it probably was, uh, I, I just finished, I just gave my resignation um, as a teacher to our school district um, in the May of 2016. And I accepted my role as president and CEO of the Mantino Chamber um, in June. And so in June, we have our annual dinner event where we give awards and the entire community shows up. It's probably 150 people in attendance. Uh And so I went from talking to first graders to switching roles and talking to a room of grown leaders. Yes. So (laughs) I had to put on my big girl pants and get in front of all of these strangers whom I have never met and uh, give, you know, a public speech on, you know, my goals as a a leader and things like that. So, um, that was probably one of the biggest work challenges that I've ever, um, had. And I think it was very good for me because I was just completely immersed and thrown into, um, the role. I didn't have much time to think it was just go do, um, and I'm proud of myself for yes. for just jumping in and not letting those types of things deter me from going after the role that I'm in now. So that was six years ago. Um, I can definitely say my public speaking has improved quite a bit since that <laughs> first day. Gosh, I remember getting front like I couldn't I could barely get the words out of my mouth. Like the it just uh, yeah, I, I still remember the feeling of it, you know, but, um, it was, it was a good learning experience. That is wonderful. And, um, I can't quote it exactly, but Eleanor Roosevelt has a beautiful quote about doing the hard things. You must do the hard things. And, you know, I would, uh, suggest, uh, listeners to look that up because, you know, she was just like, hard stuff's going to come and just get moving, you know? And I love that. Yeah. It's a beautiful quote. And I'm sorry that I can't, um, I can't rattle it off um, with the eloquence that she did, but super powerful quote, Eleanor Roosevelt. I think um, she had the other one. Don't let others, or you can't let anyone make you feel inferior without your consent. I believe is how it went. I, I believe that's her too. She was a powerhouse and that is absolutely beautiful. I love that one. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up. And it's true. Yeah. You know, and and that quote honestly helped me get through a lot of the challenges I had um, throughout this leadership role. Um, I had to remind myself, you know, I I can't allow 
someone to make me feel smaller than I am. And so it's, it's kind of been my mantra and my the background. Yes. It's a great mantra. It's a cheerleading section, you know, that we can carry with us everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Very true. What is the singular thing you believe has had the biggest impact on your life and giving you success? Well, I would say that it's the people around me, um, mm. the support that I've been given um, from my family to my colleagues to the community. I could not be here and be doing the things that I do by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it it takes an entire team to make things happen. And, and, you know, there's times I feel very lonely in this role um, because there's no one else uh, in this town that does the job that I do. So it's not like I have a group of colleagues at my disposal. So I have to get creative with it, but truly like my board of directors, the mayor, the people that I work with on a daily basis, they are the reason I am doing what I do and give me the confidence to continue doing so. Yeah, that's wonderful. And to have the support of amazing people is priceless. So that's a blessing. Yeah. If you could go back to your younger self and hand out free advice, what would you say? I would say a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So I would definitely say there's no timeline for your life. You know, when, we're young girls and I know a lot of my friends had the same thought and actually went through with that plan, but I'm going to, you know, marry, then have a baby, then, you know, buy a house, like all these things. Right. And it's this like American dream. This is what you're supposed to do as a woman timeline. Right. Um, I don't love that. And I see a lot of young people not following that timeline anymore. And I love it. I love that they're, you know, um, traveling and experiencing all the things of the world and, and holding off on getting married right away and having kids because it's more about experiencing who you are and as a person and then doing those things to be your best self. So, um, Yeah, that's my main one. But then um, some of the other things are just embrace who you are um, and not focus on what everyone else is doing. Focus on your journey. And also that people pleasing will get you nowhere. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So. So true. Yeah. And yeah, I think, you know, as you know, you're mentoring, um, young women interns and that I have done that, um, over time and continue to do that through, you know, my spiritual direction and soul care classes and all of that, but to, um, to encourage the things that you just said, to embrace who you are and who we are, who I am is going to change, you know, next year, hopefully I'll be a little bit different than I am now, but the core of who I am is the same and will become stronger and more in depth and all that. And so to encourage that, embrace who you are and understand that as you grow, you know, you're going to change and that's incredible and you're going to learn new things. So I love that. Yeah. And I just, um, you know, I think there's that saying like, try to be 1% better, every day or something. And and that's, it's all about tiny steps. 
taking tiny steps for big change. And so I think that's super important to not focus on always big picture, but the little things that you can do every day. Yeah. Yeah. And they do um, end up being huge. You know, the trajectory, if you move, you know, move it a half a percent, you know, when you go down the line, you've made like a 75% change and I don't have the numbers right, but it's exactly what you're saying is a small change can create a huge trajectory difference. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel that you are not a renegade woman? And if so, why? Kind of back to when we first started talking that, that, um, that little voice, that imposter syndrome creeps up and kind of just makes it tells you you can't do certain things or you're not good enough for, you know, and I mean, I guess I overcome those things by just taking action and, and, mm-hmm. and pushing forward regardless of what I'm hearing in my own head. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not serving me. Um, and so, you know, kind of saying to that voice, like, look what I can do. Watch me do it anyway. Yes. You know, like kind of being that <laughs> rebellious, you know, teenager. Um, so yeah, those are the times. And I I mean, truly anytime a a big challenge comes up or something I'm diving into that I've never done before, those, that voice comes up and it it helps me grow, I guess, every time I push through it. Yes, most, most definitely. And, and that's, I think the best end result is the challenges are going to come. The voice is going to be, you know, bad mouthing us in our heads and to step beyond it and say, you know, you don't get to decide what I'm doing. I do. So get out of the way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and really that's the ego talking and, Mm -hmm. and and the ego is not who you want to be. Right. Yeah. Run for cover. (laughs) Run for cover. Yes. What women have inspired you? Um, I would just say that the women that most inspire me are those right here in our community that I see mm-hmm. firsthand. Um, the women business owners and leaders that have pushed through a lot of obstacles to get to where they're at. It's, it's yes. really incredible to see it. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to connect with them and understand how they got to where they are through, you know, our coffee and conversations. Right. Um, but just recently I had the opportunity to MC a large, um, women United breakfast through the United way that they host every year. And they did sort of like a panelist head talk hybrid type event. And so, um, we invited about 10 different business, uh, and organizational leaders to come talk, tell their story, um, obstacles they've overcome. And it's just incredible to know how many, powerful women are right in your own backyard. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not the women that are getting the headliners or, you know, the, the big book deals or anything like that. They're, they're just boots on the ground. Yes. Ladies that are making things possible and, and kind of paving the way for the young women of our community as well. So, um, you know, like our local convention visitors bureau, uh, executive director and, and, and people like that, that really are making a difference. I look up to them and, you know, it's, I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Yes. Yes. And, and how powerful that is. And, you know, in, as you talked about the word that is your least favorite 
um, the unprecedented and the um, the media talk and how we don't hear about these women that you're speaking of and the the women in other cities and towns and states and countries that are doing amazing work sort of in the, um, I don't want to say on the sidelines, but without the fanfare um, and being able to, as you're doing is to um, walk alongside them and have the mutual encouragement of one another, you know, that's a, that's super powerful. Yeah. It's, they're definitely an inspiration and um, you know, if you're ever like for the listeners, you know, if you're looking for inspiring women, join those local women's groups, um, you know, talk to women business owners. They're, they're right in your backyard. Yes. Great advice. Thank you. Um, we talked about this a bit earlier offline. Um, and I'm going to ask you the question about what is your passion piece, but I first want to ask you about, um, the Institute for organization and, um, uh, and not an award, but a certification. Can you explain that? Because that's huge. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So the U.S. Chamber of Commerce puts on um, a certification program called um, the Institute for Organization Management. That's a mouthful. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the purpose of that is to is to educate people that run um, nonprofit organizations, specifically associations and chambers of commerce, to better serve their community. So when I got into my role in 2016, I did some research on, you know, just professional development opportunities and the opportunity came up to, to apply for this program. It's a four-year program, 97 credit hours. Um, they joked around that we were six-year seniors this year because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. they canceled the program in 2020 and 2021. So had to be patient, but it, it's just, it was a great opportunity to connect, to connect with um, other chamber of commerce professionals. Cause you don't get to do that every day in this industry. Yeah. Um, and now I can get those ideas and implement them just within our chamber and, and for our business owners. And really that's my role is to provide information and, and support for our businesses. So yeah. it, it was definitely an honor and, um, and it was a great experience. Well, thank you. And congratulations. I know that it's a lot of time and effort that was put into that. And you're taking that, you know, giving all the information and the blessings you received and, and sharing them with your, um, with your community and business owners and all that. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And then the passion piece. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> when we go back to the COVID year, uh, I obviously I just can't sit still. I have to keep my mind busy. Otherwise I'll go crazy. And so a lot of the events that, you know, I was used to putting on, you know, our summer events um, just obviously were canceled. And so I had that time to reflect on what's important to me. And one of the things that's always been important to me is health and wellness um, so I kind of looked into some different opportunities where I can exercise that. And I found a program called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, IIN for short. Uh, and it's a certification program to become a certified health coach. So that was, uh, I did the fast track because I didn't know how long we would be actually kind of on the lockdown. So I'm like, uh -huh. well, I better get this done sooner than later if I want to do it. So I did the six month certification program and um, it was a, an awesome opportunity to learn how to 
be a good listener, first of all. Yes. Um, and, you know, kind of coach people through their, you know, difficulties with, and it's not just food, difficulties with everything, the yeah. holistic side of it. It's, it's spiritual, mental, um, all of it. So it was a really good experience. I was blessed to be able to um, bring on seven different clients. I learned so much from them. Um, unfortunately, when, fortunately, but unfortunately, when life got back to normal, I had to pull back on the coaching piece. Yeah. So I think I'm not sure exactly where I want to go with it, but one of my big goals in the future is to host a women's, uh, wellness retreat. Um, Mm. I have, I have a whole outline of it. I did last year. It's all ready to go. Um, but I think I'd like to launch that in June. Um, just where women can get together and and connect with one another. First of all, it's so hard to do that. It, it is so hard to do that. And I will keep that in my prayers for you because I know how powerful that is one. And I know how much and how many amazing things that you have to offer and that women would benefit from. And to take it back, you know, like over to the West Coast, we just had, I held a retreat with two other amazing women. Um, the three of us were the leaders of the retreat at, at our home here. And um, it was fantastic. And the women said, and it was small, it was personal, it was quiet, but that's how we wanted it. And the women said, well, when's the next one? And so now, you know, we're doing a quarterly thing and then we're talking about maybe doing, you know, a a six month thing for a larger group of women at a different location. But I think especially having come off of all of this um, uh, lack of community that we couldn't be part of community, you know, that people are even more hungry for the time to get together and share and be nurtured by one another and be led in quiet times and growth and learn new things and become more healthy. And so I, I'm excited for you. Thank you. And honestly, it's, it's kind of selfish on my part because it's something that I want, I would want, you know, I see the, I see the opportunity that there's nothing like this going on and it's something that's needed in our community. Obviously there's a lot of retreats going on. I I've researched them and I want to go to every single one, (laughs) but, but just in our, in our community and there's a perfect location for it. Um, I have the contact, so I'm excited, really excited to, to, to bring this forward. And a lot of the women I've talked to, you know, feel the same way. So it's just about bringing something that's of need. So, so have you um, picked a date? I mean, you said June, but have you picked a date like and secured the location? Well, I, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't done, figured out the date yet. Um, But, but I have a friend that's pressuring me as well. She's like, okay, let's get this on the book. So it happens. (laughs) Um, and as far as the location, um, I know exactly where I want it to be. It's, it's actually a camp. Um, it's, it's a very well wooded area. They have already have bunks. It's very rustic. Um, they have a beautiful, like babbling brook. That'd be amazing for meditation and journaling. Like I see it all happening, but, um, (laughs) um, I just need to get it on the books and say, here we go. Giddy up. (laughs) 
Well, you're going to be receiving some encouraging pressure and gentle nudges from me on this <laughs> sideline because I just think that that would be really, really powerful. And I would love to um, see pictures of the location and be able to pray about it. But that's exciting. And I, your friend that's encouraging you, I'm cheering you on too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that's it. I, I I may not feel like that next June. But yeah, but that's <laughs> I, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and 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 in all honesty, it's probably the busiest month of my um, job because we do like a, a golf outing. Our golf outings next week, and we do you know all the things. But I can make it work, and it's yes. important to me. And um, that's why I have an employee now uh, with the chamber and volunteers. So. Yeah. I've got to learn to lean on, yes, uh, lean on the people that work with me. So, yeah. And that's something important to, you know, talk about with you, you bring that up is, um, learning how to, and being comfortable with delegating things mm -hmm. took mm -hmm. me a long time. Did it? To, how long did it take you? Cause I'm not it, tell you, cause <laughs> you'll, you'll be like, Oh my God. Um, no, it took me a long time to, be able to, um, to say, no, it's okay to do that. You've there, you've trained them, they're equipped and let them shine. And, um, part of it is related to something that you said earlier, which I definitely was, um, this person when I was younger was, oh, well, just get out of the way and watch me. Mm -hmm. You know, let me prove you wrong. Let me show you. And um, that's not always the most effective way to um, gather team members and, and be a leader. So um, I, I just want to say that that's, that that's something that's important. Yeah, I, I'm definitely working on the delegation piece and I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. learning a new skill. I mean, you don't just flick a switch and you're ready to go. You know, I mean, you're working on it and you'll get there. And, but, but that allows so much more time for us to focus on um, deeper things and, and, and dig deeper and build bigger when we're not nuanced with some things that someone else could really help us with. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. So what Sarah soul care practice do you do for yourself? I am a big advocate and I've heard your other podcasts of morning routines and, and yes. so are a lot of the other women I, you know, listen to you interview. Um, it's, it's so important to start my day with my morning routine and, and I'll be honest, my morning, morning routine is ridiculously long. It's almost to the point of like, okay, we need to pull back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll kind of go into the nuts and bolts of what I do. But, you know, I wake up in the morning around 5.15. I drink my um, 30 ounces of water with my electrolytes. Um, and then I sit and I journal and I read. And on these lovely summer, summer mornings, I do it on my porch. And I, it's even better, you know, when yes. I can enjoy it outdoors. Um, and then I, I work out. I am a big, uh, I, I like to lift weights mostly for, for workouts, but, uh, you know, I have my gym in my basement, so I don't yes. have to go anywhere. Um, and then I'll take my dog for a good 30, 40 minute walk after that. Um, but I, it fills my cup every morning, yeah. uh, to do those things. And it's, it's gotten to the point where it's automatic there. Yes. Um, it, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to drag myself out of bed. 
um, it's, it's something I, I look forward to quite honestly, to look, to wake up in the morning. It's my favorite part of the day. Uh, so that's, that's my biggest, uh, soul care that I do now, but yeah, it takes me quite a long time, but it's, it's precious time. So, yeah. And, and it fills you up for the day, you know, and, and I think that that's so important. And this morning, um, I'm going to read these to you. These are two, you know, sort of encouragement things that I received this morning. And I think it's interesting that we're talking about routines. And this first one says, does your morning routine set you up for a successful day? And then the next one is wake up and smell the routine. And last night I read from a book called winning and they were, the author was talking about, routines and he's basically um, talking about routines with um, uh, highly successful professional athletes but I think that sometimes people consider routine maybe not like such a great word but it's so powerful it's it's such a powerful thing to set us up for success in whatever area it is that that we're seeking it but setting the morning with um, a pattern of routine is just so powerful it's huge. And, yeah. and truly, you don't need three hours like me. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can even make a, a routine in 20 minutes and, yep. and be fulfilled with that. I mean, it's it's so important and, and doable for anybody to, yes. to, to incorporate. Yes, it, it definitely is. And I'm going to touch on this too. You mentioned journaling and, you know, I, I talked to my clients about that. I think it, it's a priceless gift and it's necessary for growth and understanding and all of those things. But um, I tell my clients, I'm like, oh my gosh, journaling. And I'm like, write one sentence a day. Yeah. You don't have to spend four hours and write 50 pages write one sentence a day, and then in two weeks, write two sentences. So it doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing, but getting in the routine of writing down something that you felt, saw, made you smile, made you laugh, you know, made you cry, whatever it is, just start writing a little bit down. Yeah, absolutely. And I, one of my favorite things when I'm kind of stuck is some of the journals that have like the, the writing prompts. Yes. Um, because sometimes it's like, gosh, what do I even write about? And then that can, you know, get you really thinking and, and, and um, be effective with your journaling because it is hard sometimes when you, you're not feeling it. Yeah, definitely. Been there. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel when you haven't tended to your soul? horrible like if I I mean I can't tell you when the last time I just completely did not do my morning routine but I I know how I feel um I will say when I'm not in alignment with my values um and the way I'm living I I feel that cognitive dissonance and I don't feel good I feel disconnected um and, and this relates kind of to my journey. And I talked to you a little bit about this before we um, got going on this interview was um, I have removed alcohol from my life because the more I've, you know, go on, gone on, the more I'm like, this does not align with who I am. Yeah. This is not me. Um, what am I doing? And so um, it's been very eye-opening to me and honestly it has not been as difficult as I thought it would be to give up and I just had this realization yesterday it hasn't been that difficult because 
not drinking aligns with my soul and my values. So it makes it easy when it, when it aligns. So, um, that's, that's kind of that part of that soul care, I think is listening to your values. Yeah. Yeah. And and they, they speak, you know, I, I know for me so many, so many times years past where I was like, Oh gosh, this is just brutal. This doesn't feel right. You know, and, and not listening and plowing through because it was what I was expected to do or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the, the situation was. Um, but then to, you know, have matured past those things, healed past those things, understanding my value and the gifts I've been given to share with others and all of that. It's like, if it doesn't feel right, it's like, pause, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, and, and learning how to navigate that space and learning the power that comes through standing up for your soul, you know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's amazing. I love that saying standing up for your soul because so often we just ignore the voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And and I do think, you know, meditation practices and things like that help you get in line with yes. who you truly are. Just that that time for quiet um gets you more connected. Yes, most definitely. And things you know, yoga and Pilates and, you know, those things that, that slow you down, but also build you up where you have to breathe. And, you know, breath is so crucial. I mean, Mm. deep, real rich breath um, to fostering that soul care and slowing us down and helping us to feel the things we need to feel to learn about where we are and where we want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you ever, we kind of touched upon this, but have you ever experienced deprivation of the soul? Um, yeah, when I wasn't listening, um, when I was falling into, um, just kind of overindulgence and not just, yeah, it comes down to just not listening to who I am and, and ignoring that and, and plowing along and thinking, oh, I've got this, but just um, not being real with who yeah. I am. Yeah, most definitely. I, I know that, um, that, you know, as women, that a lot of times we push all that stuff to the side and just keep trudging forward when that's the stuff that needs to be trudged into is, um, is finding out where the deprivation has come from and why, and then eradicating it and not letting it come back. Yeah. And I think, you know, filling voids is very popular filling voids either with, you know, food or alcohol or, you know, shopping or any of those things, filling a void at the end of the day um, and taking a step back and saying, okay, what is this void that I'm filling? Why am I doing this? You know, it's, it's, it takes a lot of work. It's not easy to figure it out. And I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah, it, it definitely, it takes a lot of work and is crucial because we, we use those, you know, those things as band-aids as, you know, cover-ups. Um, but the necessity to figure out, as you so eloquently stated, what the void is and why, and do the hard work to fill it with the right things as opposed to filling it with the wrong things is part of the beautiful journey, journey of self-discovery and healing and growth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that is awesome. 
Well, I want to say um, thank you um, for sharing um, the amazing things that you've shared and for um, being a servant leader and for mentoring uh, younger people coming up and for um, leading in your community and making change in your community for the better and uplifting women. It's just been a, a great honor to learn even more about you um, in a more uh, personal level and to see the ways that you are standing up for your soul and emulating that for other people. Sarah, thank you so, so, so much. Well, thank you. This has been a great opportunity and I, I've, learned so much from you as well. You are an inspiration to many and um, I'm blessed to, to know you and, thank, and you. thank you again for this opportunity. It's been a pleasure. Well, my pleasure. And I want to remind people, as Sarah said, if you feel like you need to get connected or, or want to have better understanding of connections in your communities, I'm a big fan of the Chamber of Commerce in general. I've been a part of local chambers here in, um, in my community for years and years and years with different businesses that I've had. But the Rotary and Kiwanis, I know that they do great work. I've spoken at, um, at events that they've had before. So look for opportunities that you can um, be part of your community and help them grow, which will also help you grow. So Sarah, thank you for sharing those, um, those thoughts about becoming more connected within your community. Yes, thank you. Um, and I would love to become friends with anybody that listens. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so find me there and, and hopefully we can connect. And if you have questions about getting more in touch with your community, I'd be happy to have a conversation. Yes, thank you. That would be fantastic. And thank you for mentioning that. And I want to mention um, my book, Sunsets and Soul Care, and it's a devotional and you can think of it as a private sunset getaway to pause and care for your soul as we talk about soul care. Um, and then my soul care mastermind classes, spiritual direction retreats, and all of that is on my website, www.therubyredslippers.com. And my email is arlana at therubyredslippers.com. So if you need information, want information, um, those are the places that you can find me. Um, the book's available on the website. It's also available on Amazon. And if any of you know of a renegade woman that you think should share her story um, on this podcast, please let me know and you can email me. And Sarah already introduced me to an amazing um, woman, Mickey Abels, who um, her podcast will be uh, published soon. But she wrote an amazing book called The Soul Contract. And so, Sarah, as you said, you're the queen of connections. I can attest to that. <laughs> um, we, uh, uh, Mickey and I had a great conversation, and she is a new lifelong friend. We are so um, soul connected that it was just really great. So, um, Sarah, thank you for that. Um, and I guess that's it, Sarah. I want to wish you to be blessed with peaceful nights and gentle days. And again, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Talk soon. Bye.